It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. A dominant performance for the Cincinnati Bengals in Week 7. We'll break down how they throttled the Atlanta Falcons to get to 4-3. and three. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. Cincinnati Bengals absolutely destroyed the Atlanta Falcons, even though the score may make it look somewhat competitive. In week seven at Paul Brown Stadium, we're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network here on Lockdown Bengals, bringing you coverage of your Cincinnati Bengals every day, free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube. And today's episode is brought to you by, by Prize Picks, daily fantasy made easy. Just pick two to five players, and if they're going to score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you win up to ten times your money on your entry. You're going to get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 right now with promo code Locked On. That's PrizePicks.com promo code Locked On. And James dominating performance i've said it several times here now i i truly think the most complete performance of the year for this team they had a little blip at the end of the first half where the defense had a couple issues special teams had an issue the offense kind of had one drive where i felt very confident actually that the Bengals were going to score again after atlanta scored didn't end up happening that way and and it kind of looked like a disaster a little bit for about five minutes of the game but outside of that Dominant from the defense, dominant from the offense for the most part throughout this game, and a pretty impressive performance for this team. No doubt. No doubt. Uh, Encouraging in a ton of ways. Obviously, it starts, uh, you know, with this offense and what this offense has been able to do now over the past, I would say, six quarters. And obviously, that starts with Joe Burrow and, you know, 481 yards. You know, the start he got off to, by the way, 19 of 21 for like, what was it, 334 or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just insane. Had a perfect passer rating in the first half. That's what you want. And you look up and in Bengals passing history now and most passing yards, and it's Joe Burrow with 525 last year against Baltimore, Boomer Esiason with 490, and then Joe Burrow today, 481. And they could have made a run at this record, honestly. You mentioned that the end of the first half there. I, I think they easily could have racked up 30, 40 more passing yards, mm-hmm. and, and we could be talking about that type of performance. Didn't happen, but Joe was great today. And th- there wasn't – because in New Orleans, he was great, and it ended great. But there was still a couple times where it was like – especially early in the game, where the accuracy, you, ju- you just wondered about it. I didn't really have that feeling today from the jump. And Zach Taylor deciding to take the ball – try to get off that, again. that quick start again. Yeah. And, and I, I think it makes a, a ton of sense because you're shorthanded on defense in an area where they're strong at, mm-hmm. right. And trying to run the ball at the gut and, and trying to go on these long drives. And they only went on one of them. Meanwhile, they're weakest at what you do best, which is throw the ball all over. And, mm-hmm. and that's what the Bengals did. And I like the aggressive approach and, 
you know, Burrow put up huge numbers. It's amazing what happens when Tyler Boyd's involved in this offense goes for a career high, you know, buck double nickel. It's, uh, it was fun. Look, it was fun to watch. I think 66,000-plus people were entertained that were here at Paycor Stadium outside of the few Falcons fans that were here. And, um, yeah, it's uh, it's what you expected. If I would have told you, if this was September 10th, and I said, Bengals-Falcons, week seven, Paycor Stadium, what would you think? Probably 35 to 17. You would have expected a beatdown. And so we got – what we expected to, to, to start this season. And, you know, this Bengals team is certainly rounding into shape and, and playing uh, as well as we've seen them this season. Beating down a worse team at home is what you would expect. Yes, absolutely. I, I was sitting there doing the math when you said a buck nickel nickel. Like, wait a minute. That's yeah. only a dollar ten. It's like a buck quarter quarter nickel. 155 for anyone who is confused as I was. Was Tyler Boyd nickel nickel uh, like one five five? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get it now. Now that I've looked at the number, but I was. Trying I should have said a buck up. double nickel. I should have said a buck double nickel. Whatever. Double it nickel is. in the garden. MJ reference. It, it was a huge game for Tyler Boyd. To, to your point, James, <laughs> and and it started with a safety falling down in cover two, play yeah. action holding the Mike linebacker, and Burrow called it Tampa two, and I had no idea it was Tampa two because the play action. Uh, brought the the Tampa linebacker, who traditionally is carrying that seam, sucked him up uh, toward the line of scrimmage. And when the safety falls, I mean, that's easy pitch and catch for Joe Burrow to Tyler Boyd. But Boyd was active everywhere. I've seen a lot of people saying, you know, Boyd winning in the middle of the field. Yes, he did. He did have some nice catches underneath that he turned into yards after the catch, as did Hayden Hurst. He, he caught a deep over, which th- th- that one-handed catch, I mean, the Bengals haven't, done much in the way of crossing routes. Bengals fans must be thrilled to see Tyler Boyd finally getting targeted on the opposite side of the field on some of these crossing routes. He also won on a back shoulder pass on a fade, a slot fade on the sideline. So he was getting targets on the on the sideline, on the perimeter of the field as well. T. Higgins, the, the least productive out of the big three receivers for the Bengals today, still has five catches for 93 yards, absolutely killing the Atlanta Falcons on digs in this game had two digs that he caught like, you know, 13, 15 yards on the field that go for 20 plus yards. Jamar Chase, absolutely killing the Falcons along the sidelines. AJ Terrell notably leaves a game for the Falcons with a hamstring injury early in this one. And at that point it was, you know, you think about the last time Joe Burrow went off like this in, in the passing game. And it was the Ravens last year when the Ravens had no corners and, and perplexingly, the Falcons kept going out there single high and giving the Bengals these opportunities for Jamar Chase on the sideline. And it was a pick your poison to your point, James, because Tyler Boyd was going the underneath game to Hayden Hurst. While it wasn't prolific, six catches for 48 yards, that's productive. And he moved the chains a few times, including even late in the game. So it was really a pick your poison for an undermanned and under-equipped Falcons team. And the other thing that was so great that really helped this passing offense go protection. I know there were three sacks. Joe Burrow was hardly pressured in this game. Mm-hmm. The, the comfort that he was able to have in the pocket in this game. This is what we were dreaming of, right? They're like, Oh, you're going to put Joe Burrow in clean pockets. This is going to be great. They're not going to be, they're going to be unstoppable. And, and that's what we got for most of this game. You did. You did. I mean, I think the play that where it stands out, Maybe the most, and you're right. I mean, they were moving the ball up and down the field. They scored touchdowns on their first four possessions. It felt like they were going to get more 
points after that that big play that the Falcons had mm-hmm. uh, at towards the end of the half, and they didn't. But the play where Burrow rolls out, I think it was on their second touchdown drive. There's no one on the side of the field. It was the far side of the field from the press box going towards the Falcons sideline. Burrow rolls out, and there's no one there. And he, he's like almost nonchalantly rolling. And Mixon peels off, sees it. And I, I literally, I turned to Mike Petralia. I was like, dude, there's no one over there. And Mixon just makes the move, and Burrow just casually flips it to him. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, that that's what today's going to be, huh? Like they were already up 7 nothing, made that play. And, and then – uh, on the second drive, you have the false start, which was really frustrating, and they still score. You, you know, you go from the one-yard line to the six-yard line, and how many times have we seen where that just costs them and they have to settle for three? You know things are working when the, when they score in that situation, and it, it it was that type of day. And and you're right. It was a, a pick-your-poison. Mm-hmm. Uh, T. Higgins had a catch to start the third quarter where two guys were on Tyler Boyd, at least eye test, that's what it was. And Burrow was like, oh, okay. Here you go, 85, go run with it. And that was just it. And when they're playing like this, it, you know, it's it's really tough to contain them. And the, the pressure aspect of it, you know, we talked a lot about Grady Jarrett. Didn't notice him a ton, you know. And, mm-hmm. and I, I think that that's, that was the blueprint today. They nailed that. And uh, and then it was open season because these Bengals play, what we, we know what these receivers can do and they certainly did it on Sunday even the one sack that Grady Jarrett has is in my opinion largely a coverage sack it was like one of the only plays of the game where Joe Burrow actually got through a couple beats got through a couple progressions and then had to move off his spot because what he wanted initially wasn't there what he wanted with the second read wasn't there either so even the one play Grady Jarrett made was a a coverage sack PFF called it maybe Cordell Volson's best game of the season so it'll be exciting to see that one in particular because that was a matchup that we circled uh, before the game, Grady Jarrett against the rookie. Coming up next, James, I have a few stats to talk about from, from the start of the game. We'll get into the defense as well because yeah. while there was a blip, talk it was about that defense. Yeah, mostly baby. really good. J2 Fele, going to talk J2 Fele a little bit, talk Obey Abuzi a little bit, plenty of guys to talk about on the defensive side of the ball. And we'll go there coming up next. First, I'm excited to tell you about Prediction Strike, the world's first sports stock market. You can now invest in professional athletes just like stocks. It's a low-risk alternative to sports betting, and athlete prices move based on performance and supply and demand. So if you got into Joe Burrow before the last couple of weeks with Prediction Strike, you'd be in good shape right now. If you invested in Jalen Hurts a year ago, for example, and you were bullish on the Eagles this year, you'd be at 48 Kyle Pitts, meanwhile, saw him again not be a major part of the Atlanta game plan today and saw him get tackled and blown up by Chidobe Abuzie at the goal line. He's down 44% after struggling to start the year. Low trade fees, just 2.5% trade fees, which are the lowest in real money sports. So you can invest in four sports, not only the NFL, but also UFC, the NBA, and Major League Baseball if you're into those. Right now with the Prediction Strike app, Use promo code LOCKED for a free share when you sign up and make a first deposit of $20 or more. Again, that's promo code LOCKED for this special one-time giveaway. Prediction Strike will choose one person who signs up with promo code LOCKED and makes a deposit to win 100 free random shares, which could be worth up to $3,000 if you get lucky and receive Josh Allen shares. Invest in what you know on Prediction Strike, the stock market for sports. 
Whether you're looking to pop the question or have a milestone to celebrate or want to let your love sparkle. And let's just say you're out of the Cincinnati area and we have fans all over. We got fans in the UK that are listening. And I, by fans, I mean Bengals fans, fans that are listening all across the country. So if you're not in Cincinnati, well, or in the Cincinnati area, you could go to Blue Nile because Blue Nile can help you make those celebrations even more memorable. As the original online jeweler, Blue Nile offers the largest selection of independently graded diamonds and pieces priced significantly below traditional retailers. They've helped millions of couples create their perfect engagement ring, and they have bench jewelers that can help you pick the right one. Again, Blue Nile, they have 100% satisfaction guarantee. All orders are insured and shipped for free in discreet packaging. So make your moment sparkle with Blue Nile. Go to BlueNile.com and use code LOCKEDON to save $50 on your purchase of $500 or more. For our listeners outside of the Cincinnati area, go to BlueNile.com, B-L-U-E-N-I-L-E.com. Code LOCKEDON to save $50 on your purchase of $500 or more. BlueNile.com. Code LOCKEDON. James, I got a couple stats for you here. Just okay. while we stay on the offense for a second, the Bengals' yeah. first four By the way, drives. I'm never going to argue with you. Never going to argue with you about staying on the offense. Never, sure. never going to do that. You know? Understandable. First four drives of the game, 28 plays, 28 points. Our friend Joe Goodberry has been tracking the Bengals' points per play the last couple of weeks. This is two weeks in a row they've been at 0.556 points per play, and that's with nailing down at the two at the end of the game. So that could have been higher this week. Both of those are really good, but for their first four drives, they were one point per play which is uh, also really good. The other, the other stat that I liked in this one was 29 first downs and 7 of 11 on third down, which means, one, they get 18 of their first downs coming before they get to third down. I love it when you avoid third down altogether. Sure. And two, still remaining very, very efficient on third down, going 7 of 11 on those third downs. So outside of the fourth down, which we could talk about the decision if you want, it's, it's a toss-up according to the robot. I understand you have Evan McPherson. If, if you're very sure you're going to make the kick, then maybe you just take the points there, and, and I get that idea as well. I also understand going for it. Then there's a criticism of, you know, maybe they shouldn't have gone empty there, so at least there's a threat of the run on fourth and short because that is something strategically that could give you a, a bit of an edge on the defense. But it was well-protected. They were absolutely killing it out of empty for the whole game. So I understand really the, the entire rationale behind it. And if T Higgins gets a holding call or makes a catch there, then, you know, nobody's probably critical of it at all. But in the moment, I know people were. So those are the, the things that stood out to me from a stats perspective, those first down numbers and that yards per yards per play, just incredibly efficient and explosive for the first four drives of the game. Yeah. They only had three third downs in their first four drives mm-hmm. and, and they were three for three. It's just like, oh my goodness! Like, really? It, it, and I was thinking to Burrow in what he said last Wednesday, and it was, yeah, we've been good on third down. He was like, but if things are going really well, you don't even get to third down. Right. <laughs> and, and it was a little bit of foreshadowing. I thought about that during the game too. I'm like, man, three third downs on on four four drives where you're scoring points, and not just points, but touchdowns. Um, sign me up. As far as the decision goes. It's frustrating because it feels – it's like when things are cooking in Madden and you're like, wait a second, what? Like it didn't – that didn't work? And then you start to question it. It's – I wanted points there and it would have been nice to get points there and they didn't. But the defense stepped up, which is probably a good segue because I was really impressed with 
a shorthanded defense, mm-hmm. how they handled themselves, how J2 Fele played, by the way, fist bump all day in the locker room. I've never even talked to J2 Fele. I just haven't had time in, or it just hasn't worked where when I went to go talk to him, he wasn't at his locker or whatever. Fist bump in the locker room. He was certainly excited after his sixth tackle performance. Go ahead. How does his vibe resemble or compare to Damata Pecco's vibe? We both, of course, talked to Pecco before the Super Bowl. Similar vibe? Samoan uh, vibes? Yeah, I would say so for sure. You know, I mean, the fact that he fist bumped someone that he hasn't really talked to yet, you know, I mean, maybe he saw the, you know, the logo on my shirt or something and was like, oh, man, you know, I don't know. I don't know what he thought, but I'll take it. And, and I'll, I'll certainly be talking to him soon, especially if he continues to play like that. I mean, it's one thing to like a guy in the draft and then he gets cut because of, you know, whatever reason in Jacksonville, it just doesn't work. New coaching staff, new regime, all of those things. It's another thing for him to come in and and play like he did. And and really outside of one drive Bengals defense, you know, especially the defensive line, we were worried about the front seven, right? That was where the concern was. Mm. I thought they really held their own outside of the one drive where that's going to happen when the offense is scoring at will and going up and down the field pretty fast anyways. Um, from Sam Hubbard, made multiple plays. Trey Hendrickson mm-hmm. made some plays. Uh, Joseph Osai. I, I mean, down the line, BJ Hill, they all made plays. And then you look up and it's like, man, front seven's playing pretty well. Yeah, it was really just a one drive. Like you said, 16 plays took 10 minutes and nine seconds for the Atlanta Falcons to go 75 yards. And as soon as that happened, I kind of have, I wrote off the game. I was like, this game's over. If that's what Atlanta has to do, and it's yeah. even if it doesn't take them 10 minutes, if it's going to take them six, seven minutes, and, and a bunch of third down conversions to, to get up and down the field. There's no way. And and then they, of course, uncork a 75-yard one play. Eli Apple doesn't turn his hips and, and start carrying a vertical route because they're probably sitting on something underneath or something. I don't know mm-hmm. what the explanation is for Eli Apple there. He, he has to know that he doesn't have help there. And as some people in my Twitter mentions point out, Luana Rumo could have just given help over the top in that situation, but I think they're expecting run there probably with what 49 seconds left in the half. So, you know, so, some blame to go around there for sure, but yeah, just one drive really where the, the Falcons found some success in the running game that they, they found a little bit of something on, on a few passes on that drive, mostly avoided third downs and you know, they, they got one. But outside of that, five plays, 18 yards, punt, three and out. And then in the second half, three and out, three and out, five plays, nine yards, nine plays, 23 yards. The Falcons had one drive and one play, one busted Eli Apple coverage and one drive where they were able Mm -hmm. to move the ball, which is why I framed this game as I did at the beginning, where to me, it's a dominant game from the Bengals and they're down Logan Wilson and they're down DJ Reader and they're down Josh Tupo. And stepping up, like you said, J2 Fele making a couple of really nice plays and to me showing that he should be a part of this rotation going forward, even when DJ Reader gets healthy. I, I think that he's done enough. Uh, Zach Carter stepping up today, making a few nice plays after missing some tackles at the line of scrimmage last week. It was nice to see that little step from him as well. So, so plenty of nice plays going on in the defense. Jesse Bates, a couple of really nice tackles getting downhill on Kyle Pitts. To, to get a quick stop on a screen, getting downhill on Marcus Mariota on a scramble on third down. So, uh, you know, Von Bell even in the backfield fighting through a stiff arm for a tackle for loss. Name a guy on the defense, they probably made a play in this game. Yeah, it's it's what I want to see. And by the way, Cam Taylor-Britt season. Yeah, that's Cam, big. Cam, 
I and I thought he played well. I mean, we'll see, right? right. Uh, but but I, it's not like it's not like he gave up the seventy-five yard touchdown, you know. And I'm not trying to be mean to Eli, and I know they're battling, but it's his first NFL game. He got, I think, more reps on defense than anybody was anticipating, including him. Yeah. Even though Zach Taylor said that that was the plan, I don't know about all that. <laughs> and and by the way, Taylor Britt took reps on defense before Eli Apple. Uh, gave up that play, so it's 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 not like it was like oh he gave up that play we're yanking him. Cam Taylor Britt was in there before that, so for whatever reason, uh, but it was good to see him out there. And I know he was juiced after the game with his juice chain, and uh, you know he's he's one of those fan favorites. So really exciting uh, stuff for him. Up next, well, we'll give our our final thoughts, I guess, as as we we share our instant takeaways. Plus, Jake, you have to ask me about the good luck fist bump. Because it's two weeks in a row now. And no, okay. I'm not talking about J2 Fele. The good luck fist bump. I didn't even think this was going to be a thing. It's now a thing. We'll get to that next right here on Locked on Bengals. Before we get to those closing thoughts and the good luck fist bump prize picks, the sponsor of today's show, we love it here on the Locked on Podcast Network because of how easy it is to use. And I talked about this at the beginning of the show. You pick two to five players and whether they're going to score more or less in their prize picks projection. For example, you talked about it a couple of weeks ago. Joe Burrow, will he have more or less than 263 passing yards? Well, right now, taking the more on Joe Burrow over at prize picks and expecting him to beat his projections is probably good money. And the best thing is that you're not competing against other people. It's just you against those prize picks projections. And that's any sport. Uh, we, we've talked about NFL, ML, MLB, NBA, and of course, mixed martial arts. But my favorite thing about prize picks is the, the off the, the beaten path sports that they've got European basketball, disc golf, cricket. I, I understand there was a big cricket result on Sunday as well. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Your withdrawals are fast and safe and is currently operational in over 30 states in Canada Right now, you can download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. And first-time users are going to get that 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code LOCKDOWN. Again, if you deposit $100, that means they're giving you $100 for free. And if it's $50, PrizePix is giving you $50 for free. Don't forget to enter promo code LOCKDOWN and sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. And now it's time for a word from the official jeweler of the LOCKDOWN Bengals podcast Schultz and Sons so excited to always talk about Schultz and Sons and look it isn't the holidays yet the holidays aren't here yet Halloween right around the corner Bengals Browns Monday night football but now is the time to get the Schultz and Sons because they specialize in custom pieces that you can't find anywhere else you can't find them in magazines other stores other websites no 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 if you're in Cincinnati, come to Cincinnati, come into the Cincinnati area. You got to get the Schultz and Sons because they have easy and convenient financing, no interest up to 18 months, and they're going to find that custom piece for you. So not only can you break up the payments, but she ain't going to be breaking up with you if you give her that nice Schultz and Sons custom piece. You're really wanting that one of a kind piece. You got to get the Schultz and Sons. They're at 2202 Dixie Highway in Fort Mitchell. Put it in your GPS. It's five minutes from the bridge in the Kroger Express, Expressway Plaza. It's easy, free parking, stress-free, right off the highway, easy on, easy off. And when it has to be perfect, it has to be Schultz and Sons. The Bengals didn't have to be perfect against the Atlanta Falcons. They built themselves quite a margin for victory with some 
margin for error, I should say, and margin for victory. But they they did that with some perfect play early in this game. Let's quickly hand out our Schultz and Sons game balls. And obviously, Joe Burrow is an easy choice here, James. But if we're going to dig a little bit deeper, I, I like the receivers as well. T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Jamar Chase, all fantastic in this game, and Tyler Boyd in particular. That slot fade, that, that one-handed catch on the deep over, I mean, really good stuff from Tyler Boyd and, and the entire defense stepping up as well. So plenty of candidates, but I'll go Joe Burrow, Tyler Boyd if, if I'm picking two because you can't just not give it to Joe Burrow after that performance. Well, sure, right? I mean, third most yards in Bengals history. Mm-hmm. The dude's just – so it is Joe Burrow. But if we're not giving it to JB, I agree with you. TB. TB83, man, just uh, he's been great the past couple of weeks. He's been he was the best TB in the NFL uh, in in week seven, uh, much better than Tom Brady. And so, yeah, I I think uh, if we're given one not to Joe Burrow, it's got to be to Tyler Boyd. And and something tells me, Jake, that he might catch that Schultz and Sons game ball with one hand. He might just. All right, James, tell me about the good luck fist bump. And I think I know where this is going, but tell all the people. Yeah, you certainly do. So so last week, Bengals offensive coordinator Brian Callahan is coming out at the Superdome. Gives me a friend fist of the bump. show. Yeah, friend of the show. He's been on the show multiple times. Uh, Brian, if you're listening, I can't wait to bug you during the bye week because we're going to get you on. Um, spoiler. Uh, hopefully, hopefully get you on. I don't want to sound too confident. But anyway. I make promises. That's right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm going to Maui. What are you talking about? I can't come on. Anyways. Um, and he just fist bumps me on his way out to the field and, uh, the Bengals obviously go out and weird. It was a unique game, but they still score 30 for the first time on offense. They beat the saints. We know that. Well, today he's walking off the field during pregame warmups. And I'm, I just happened to be over there and I woke up to him. I'm like, Hey man, it was good luck for you last week. Boom. Fist bump. He was like, that's right. And I told him good luck. All that stuff. The same stuff you would say to any of the coaches when you see him on game days. And obviously it worked. So I kind of think this has to be a thing now. They're 2-0. They've scored 65 points. So my uh, Locked on Bengals official calculator math is 32.5 points per game. Good math. The the, the pregame good luck fist bump, it's got to kind of be a thing. I'm in favor if it's going to lead to these sorts of offenses (laughs) for offensive performances. Brian Callahan and Zach Taylor have been in their bag lately. Another week where the offense is mostly out of shotgun. They did go under center a few times. They even had one, two, three successful under center runs. One of them, the QB sneak, the other one, the Joe Mixon touchdown. And then in the fourth quarter, I think Joe Mixon took an outside zone play for 10 yards. Outside of that, the, the under center game still leaving a little bit of something to be desired, but I understand why you would sprinkle it in a little bit in this game where you're pretty dominant, but that that's been the big change and it's been consistent. This team has figured out how they want to attack defenses. And that's putting themselves in the shotgun. They, they've obviously got the threat of the run out of the shotgun now after the last three weeks where they found some success, even if it wasn't as efficient today. 17 carries for 58 yards for Joe Mixon for three and a half yards per carry. Some of that coming on some of those under center runs that got stuffed. And and certainly I think his number is better out of the gun in this game than under center. But that threat is there out of the shotgun, which makes them less predictable. And what was the criticism early in the year, right, James? It was they're going under center, they're running, they're in shotgun, they're they're probably passing. They make themselves more multidimensional out of the shotgun. They start 
targeting more diverse areas of the field. They, they figure out where they want to go. Joe Burrow kind of has that click moment where, where things start to make sense for him and he's processing much better. I mean, I said, I think I said it early in, in the last two weeks where it's looked like he's processing at a very high level right now. And, mm. and this is two, three weeks in a row. I know they lost to Baltimore, but I, I thought in the second half, the offense, even in that game, you know, two and a half games now has been really good. So uh, it looks like things are going in the right direction. They've had a couple of, of soft defenses to play against, and that kind of continues with Cleveland. The big difference being he, here comes an edge rusher. And and what's given the Bengals problem this year are, are the best edge rushers in the league and Micah Parsons, TJ Watt. And now we'll see if they have a better plan in place for Miles Garrett next week. And we'll also have to keep an eye on injuries, right? Logan Wilson. They, they said they were protecting him from himself. He didn't play this week. I, I would have been shocked if he had played this week, but sounds like that's going better than maybe initially expected. DJ Reader will be a question to watch this week. Trey Hendrickson left the game with a neck injury. Yeah. And, and Jay Tufele kind of ran into his head and kind of compressed his neck uh, on a play when Hendrickson was kind of bent at the waist half over. Uh, and, and we'll have to see about Jamar Chase and, and see how that hip goes because – he, he did have some issues with that hip during the game. Could see him stretching it out on the sideline. He was asked in the locker room. He said he wasn't going to tell the, mm-hmm. the gathering of right journalists around him, but he's good. I'm going to tell you. I'm good, though. I ain't going to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> I funny. get it. I mean, I get it. I'm going to get it out of him, but, you know, maybe just – not today. That's all. I'll, I'll see right. you soon, Jamar. Maybe right. Monday. So, so hopefully there's some good injury updates coming for this team because, again, it's going to be another team that wants to run the ball a lot. But what a great couple of weeks, I would say, against these NFC South opponents. The offense clicking efficient. Joe Burrow looking better week over week. Last week we said it was his best game of the year by far. This week, obviously, better than last week. Hitting some of those plays on the field. Jamar Chase. Uh, you were also there for this, James, calling that deep touchdown catch the best throw he's ever seen Joe Burrow make. Which a dime. He's seen he was a like, lot of that, that was a dime. Like yeah. he just kept on. <laughs> I just and it, and it was. <laughs> I, I can't believe Atlanta kept going single high. Like before the before the play even starts, I start writing the tweet. Atlanta showing press man single high and Jamar Chase. Joe Burrow is going to take the shot at Jamar Chase. Oh, hey, look, it's a touchdown. Like, it's, it's it's obvious. It's painfully obvious. When you see press man single high, ball's going to Jamar. The safety knew it too. Safety's sprinting over there at the snap, and the throw is too good. And and Jamar brings it in this time and, and is very complimentary about it. The other one, Jamar's other touchdown, just on the topic of Jamar Chase here to close out the show, yeah. just because I, I watched your video of his locker room interview. He said he wasn't even running, and it didn't look like it on the one that he takes after the catch and, and Joe Burrow kind of brings him back to the line of scrimmage. He's jogging. Yeah. <laughs> like it looks like he's jogging. And he was like, yeah, I, I really wasn't running that hard. I thought I was going to get tackled. And I'm like, Oh my God. Yeah. Like, and by the way, chill people with why aren't you running hard every second, whatever, for whatever reason, it doesn't matter. He's still scored. The point is, is he's that big of a freak show that he can outrun a defense casually strolling through the neighborhood. I mean, that's yeah. what he did. Like what the that I mean there were guys around him, it, it mm-hmm. wasn't as and they didn't get difficult. close. It wasn't as difficult as the Kansas City one where he did that last year. But mm-hmm. I mean, you're just casually jogging down the sidelines and or, or up the sideline and you cut it to the middle of the field and it's just over. It. He's he's a freak man and uh, this team, 
trending in the right direction and you know i have a big one on monday night it's going to be wild yeah plenty of time to talk about that and we will get there i promise you that but we're going to reflect on this game a little bit more too we'll have a chance to re-watch things see just how well the offensive line play got to watch Lyle collins ankle as well he left the game for a period of time before coming back in and didn't necessarily look 100 percent in the second half so more to manage on the Lyle collins injury front and a bunch of guys that they can get some of them back they're still playing well without him. And so that's what's fun about this team right now is that they found some answers on offense. They've won four out of their last five. And man, it's going to be easy to look back right now and say they could very easily be 7-0. But they probably haven't played quite well enough to to earn that or result, obviously. One. Obviously, one, yeah. You know? but, but things are looking good. I think the underlying stuff, the process is also looking good right now, and that's what's encouraging going forward. And we'll hope to see that continue the next game on Monday Night Football. But before then, we'll, of course, have time to, to look back on this game, get into the film as well before we have our crossover later in the week. So if you're new, make sure you stick around. We're going to have you covered every day leading up to Monday Night Football here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. And we appreciate everybody who listens. Bengals, four and three keeping pace with the Ravens in the AFC North. Until next time, day and have a good one. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 